Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Fire up your browser, do a search for goals, and you'll probably see something about SMART goals within the first few hits. Because whether it's school, sports, business, diet, exercise, fitness, or personal finance, SMART goals are everywhere. I mean, my middle schooler was learning about this in gym class the other day. SMART goals, of course, refers to the idea that we're more likely to achieve a goal if the goal is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timed or something along those lines, as the letters sometimes stand for different things depending on who you ask. And despite my weird, inexplicable pet peeve about acronyms, I will begrudgingly admit that SMART goals do make pretty good sense. But how well have SMART goals actually worked for you? Even if you enjoy the occasional clever acronym, haven't SMART goals been kind of hit or miss? Or even if they've worked really great for you personally, maybe you've had students who struggle to make SMART goals work for them. If so, not to worry. It turns out that there are reasons why SMART goals may not work so well for everyone. And there's another approach which might not only get you better results, but make the journey more enjoyable too. Building on some previous research in this area, a team of British and Australian researchers wondered if the effectiveness of SMART goals might depend on how experienced or skilled the individual is in a particular activity. For instance, in the early stages of learning a new skill or activity, a goal that is too specific might feel a little overwhelming and be less effective than a goal that's more flexible and open-ended. Like if you've already been working out three times a week for years, setting a specific goal of 50 consecutive push-ups might be motivating. But if your exercise habits tend to be on the sporadic side, it might be more motivating to have an open goal, like I wonder how many push-ups I can do. So the researchers recruited 36 participants to participate in a study that looked at how three different types of goal-setting strategies might affect their level of physical activity. And to see if the strategies might work differently at different levels of experience, they made sure half of the participants were relatively active individuals, meaning they engaged in 150 minutes plus of moderate physical activity per week, and the other half were less active, meaning less than 30 minutes of physical activity per week. To test each strategy, 
they had participants go for a series of three short six-minute walks on four separate days. On one day, they were asked to walk at a comfortable pace that represents your typical walking activities for all three walks. That was the control condition. On another day, they were asked to take their first walk at a comfortable pace, but then asked to do your best in six minutes, meaning walk as far as possible for the next two walks. This was the do your best condition. The SMART goal condition was the most specific. In this case, they were asked to take their first walk at a comfortable pace, and then they were asked to increase their distance by 16.67% for the second walk, and then an additional 8.33% beyond that for their third walk. Meanwhile, the open goal condition, while still aspirational, was not nearly as specific. After taking their first walk at a comfortable pace, the participants were asked to see how far you can walk in six minutes. Between, during, and after their walks, participants were also asked a number of questions to learn more about their subjective experience of each type of goal, from their mood, to how much effort they felt they were putting in, confidence in their ability to meet the goal, how well they felt they performed, how much they enjoyed the activity, motivation, and so on. So which goal approach was best? Well, in terms of which condition maximized physical activity, all three goal groups walked significantly further in six minutes than the group that was told to walk at a comfortable pace. But that's not really surprising. I mean, of course people would walk faster when asked to do so. What is interesting is how the active and less active participants responded very differently to the goal types. In terms of effort, the active participants walked significantly further when using SMART goals than when using open goals. However, it was the exact opposite for the less active participants. They walked further when using open goals than when using SMART goals. The implication being that vaguer, exploratory, curiosity-driven goals may indeed be more productive in the early stages of engaging in a new skill or activity, while on the flip side, specific challenging goals may be better as one becomes more experienced with a skill or activity. Maybe more importantly, the goal types also appear to feel different to the active and less active participants. For instance, the active participants reported enjoying the walks a lot more when using SMART goals than when using open goals whereas the less active participants again had the opposite experience, reporting much higher enjoyment ratings when using open goals than when using SMART goals. And because the emotions we experience during exercise is a pretty good indicator of whether we'll exercise again in the future, again, seems that in the early stages of a new activity or skill, maybe open goals could make it easier for us to establish a new habit. Like if we have a positive experience while using a new meditation app or learning some new tunes by ear, or memorizing music, we're probably more likely to do it again. It's also worth noting that the less active participants reported higher perceptions of performance and greater confidence when using open goals too. And since that feeling of performing effectively can help increase self-efficacy, and self-efficacy tends to predict whether someone will stick with an exercise habit or not, the authors suggest that this is yet another way in which open goals may be more useful than SMART goals in the early stages of developing a new skill. So, why is it that open goals seem to work better when we're in the early stages of a new activity? Well, one of the authors has suggested that it may be because instead of comparing yourself to where you're supposed to be and constantly coming up short, you're comparing yourself instead to where you began and building up from there, which is a sort of mindset that might be more motivating in the early going. 
Like the specific goal of memorizing the first movement of your concerto by your next lesson might be a motivating goal if you've already been doing some of the work, have a memorization strategy that you have confidence in, and have done this sort of thing before. But if you're not accustomed to memorizing music on a deadline and don't have a strategy, this might feel pretty overwhelming, be kind of paralyzing, and make for a miserable, ineffective week. Instead, an open goal of, I wonder how much of the first movement I can memorize by next week's lesson, might be a more productive mindset from which to approach the task. Where you'll definitely challenge yourself, and perhaps surprise yourself by what you can accomplish, because you've taken away the fear and pressure of falling short of a specific target. So, what are we to take away from all of this? Well, to me, this study suggests that SMART goals do still have a place in our lives, but we might have to use them more selectively, for the right person at the right time. Not as a sort of default, one-size-fits-all solution that we expect to work for everyone all the time. So the next time you have a student who seems to be a little stressed or overwhelmed with the task in front of them, maybe try a more open, exploratory, see-how-well-I-can-do type goal. It could be that this is exactly the thing that helps them approach the task more productively, perhaps even with some genuine curiosity and excitement. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. 